Good morning. It's good to have you tuned in to church this morning. You know, a couple people came to the church building and we sent them away. I tell you, that was a hard thing for me to do. I've been praying for people to come to church uh, for many years, and it was hard today to tell people to please stay away, please tune in online. So we're thanking you for being a part of our Gateway Church Live this morning. We had a great service earlier for Kids Church Live at 10 o'clock. I want to invite you to join there next Sunday. And then as Pastor Kimmy said, tomorrow night we're having a church-wide prayer, and you'll get an invite today on email. Uh, and so we're excited about having uh, the whole church join together. Let's pray. This is an opportunity for us to shine, for God to do something great. So I encourage you to join us in prayer. Uh, one thing I'm just going to recommend is that you tune in uh, on a shared device. So if there's two or three of you in the house, join on one device because uh, it'll just put less pressure on our system and uh, it'll give more opportunity for people to join in, Okay. So as Pastor Kimmy said, I've been thinking, you know, this is a defining moment. This is a time for the church to shine. This is a time for you to shine, God to do something great through your life. And I've been praying for you that you would be filled with a spirit of love, that you'd be known to have a spirit of kindness and generosity on your life. And I'm so encouraged by the stories that I'm hearing And I'm believing this is a day for the church to shine. So if you would pray for our church, you'd pray for us, that God would help us to shine. Also, I just want to uh, make a mention about the social distancing. You know, we've been hearing about social distancing. And uh, I struggle with social distancing. I I totally get what our health officer is saying. uh, And I am totally recommending that we listen to her wholeheartedly. But I'm encouraging you, let's not be socially distant from one another. Let's be physically distant. Let's, Let's keep the physical separation. But let's look for ways that we can socially connect, right? There's never a day that we've ever had that we can be connected to one another through social media, through video conferencing, through our telephones. And I'm encouraged you to find a way to be connected to somebody. So I'm going to ask you, uh, just would you just share, uh, those of you that are connected on our, on our live church platform, would you share, what are you doing to show love? What are you doing to show some generosity? Maybe just put it on there on the text. I'm encouraging you. Put your ID out there because we want to we wanna encourage one another. We want to spur one another on uh, into how we can and love and how we can be generous, how we can be uh, a light uh, of the gospel. So put those on there. Put your ideas on there. I'm praying there'll be, there'll be dozens of opportunities and ideas that you have. Uh, this morning, uh, Carrie was here and she was sticking hearts on our, on our church windows. So when you drive by, you're going to see there's hearts all over the windows. And that's one of the things that I, I know people are doing to show love. So I'm encouraging you to do, do something, okay? So we're going to jump into the Word today. This is going to be a great message. 
about getting off the baggage carousel. And so I'm going to encourage you, maybe uh, 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 you know somebody that needs to hear this message. Maybe you know somebody that keeps going around the same problem. They keep having the same relationship problems. They keep having the same financial problems. They just keep having the same problems at work. Uh, this, is a, this is a message to give us an answer to get off of that revolving uh, treadmill that some of us are on. So maybe just send out an invite to them. Say, man, you got to hear this. Pastor Greg has got a good word for you that'll help us to get off the treadmill, get off the baggage carousel. And uh, so let's pray, and then we'll jump into the word. Lord, thank you for an opportunity to be open to your word, that your Holy Spirit is going to come and invade our hearts, invade our homes, and make a difference in our lives. So we're just opening the doors of our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know about you, but there's times when it seems like I'm going around the same mountain. I'm going around the same challenge. I'm going around the same problem in my life. You know, it seemed like for years that Carla and I, we would be surprised uh, by our credit card balance. You know, every time that statement came, we would look at it and we would be shocked at how high it was. You know, we'd be like, what? What is going on? What is the problem? Why is our credit card spending so, so high? And, you know, Carla and I, we're careful with our money and, uh, and we are, are, uh, do, we do things to be careful. We, we budget, we plan. But we would uh, have the same problem every month that our credit card statement was so high and would always be surprised and shocked by it. And uh, so we would, we would uh, um, uh, both go out. What was happening, we, had bo- we both had a credit card. And so we would both go out. We, you know, we have $100 a week budget for groceries. We'd both go out and spend 100 bucks each. You know, we'd both go out and spend our gas budget. We'd both go spend uh, our budget on our own credit cards. And, and that was why our credit card statement was so high. And we would get together at the end of the month. We would have a tense discussion. We would criticize one another. We would blame, it was more me criticizing, I think. We would blame each other. And, uh, and then the judging would start going off. And we would begin going around the carousel. We'd start going around the, the treadmill. And it seemed like we were on that treadmill for about the 1,000th month when we realized that we needed to do something different. We needed to do something to get off this, this uh, treadmill. So what we started to do, an answer came to us. We, we started to pay cash. <laughs> we started to pay cash for our groceries. We started to pay cash for our gas. And you know what happened? We got off the carousel. We, the problem ended. We stopped going around the mountain. The, the criticizing, the judging, the unforgiveness, you know, that we can have in our lives is like a revolving carousel. And we can try to forgive. But you know what happened? We would remember the same thing every month. And then we would get into the judging and we'd get grumpy. And then we'd soon be back to square one. And then we'd be apologizing. We'd be going about life like that. How about you? (laughs) Can I ask you? I'm telling a story about me here. How about you? Have you found yourself going around the same problem in your life? Maybe different scenery. Maybe different people. Maybe it's a different job. 
Maybe it's a different relationship. But every time, the same problem begins to surface. The same challenge. You're seeing the problems going by the window of your life. The same problems. Maybe it's just different, different people, different scenery. But it's the same problem. You know, last week, Pastor Kimmy, and, and earlier this service was actually talking about Joseph. How Joseph was on a carousel in his life. It, it seemed like his brothers, you know, he'd blame his brothers for being jerks. You know, they would have a fight. You know, they would they would mistreat him. They would betray him. You know, it just seemed like every once in a while they'd go around the same problem in their family. And and uh, he lived much of his life going around and around and around. And eventually he figured it out. Joseph learned how to get off the baggage carousel. And uh, I want to talk to you a little bit today about how he did get off the carousel. If you've been going around and around, these are going to be things that you can apply to your life today. And they're going to put a stop to that revolving door, that that revolving uh, carousel in your life. You know, one of the keys is, uh, is finding healing from our hurts. Find healing from our offenses and, and unforgiveness. You see, when we choose to criticize uh, and not forgive, we choose the carousel. <laughs> when we choose to be people who are critical, we choose to be on that baggage carousel. We choose to, we choose to ruminate. We're going around and around. We, we get thinking about that problem and we get thinking about that person. We get thinking about uh, how wrong they were, right? And uh, we choose to stay stuck. And sometimes we don't even know how to get unstuck. We're just, we've chosen to be in that pattern and we don't even know how to get out of it and we're just going around and around. Well, there's a verse in Romans chapter 2 and verse 1. I don't think it's going to be on the screen there, but it's Romans chapter 2 verse 1. It says, when you judge another, you condemn yourself. <laughs> when you judge another, when you give out a critical criticism, what do you do? You invite condemnation back on yourself. It's like a, it's like a boomerang. You know, if you've ever thrown a boomerang, uh, it goes out and it comes back, right? So when we judge, we're talking about, when we're talking about judge in this verse, this, this word judge, this word is actually best translated criticism, right? When we criticize, now, now, uh, you can, you can uh, think of criticism two different ones, ways. You can think of, of criticism as a constructive criticism. So you could give a, you could give, like, say, say you're a parent and you're, and you're talking to a child or you're an employee, employer and you're talking to an employee. You could give a, a constructive word that builds them up, right? So that's, that would be constructive criticism, but this is not the constructive type. This is what we're talking about, destructive criticism. It's tearing down, right? Not building up, but tearing down. Constructive is building up. Destructive is tearing down. The other thing I want to say to you is then when you choose to forgive, so if you choose to criticize, you end up in this, this ruminating, but if you choose to forgive, what do you do? We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. You experience healing. You know, when you, when you choose to release forgiveness, you, you also have a boomerang, but it, it, the boomerang is healing comes back to you. 
When you choose to release forgiveness, it keeps your children from falling into offense. When you choose to forgive, it covers all kinds of sin. When you choose to forgive, it prevents the devil from gaining a foothold in your life. When you choose to forgive, it releases God's forgiveness towards you. So uh, when it comes to judging, I want to just talk to you about having this, this, this judging spirit or critical criticism kind of spirit. Um, it's never right to be dead right. So what I'm talking about when it comes to judging, it's never right to be dead right. Now, I want to explain this. When I was a young guy, I got my learner's license, and uh, my mom would take me, and, and uh, she would drive around with me. And you know what would happen every time we were out? We would get into an argument. I mean, a hot argument. It was a heated argument. It wasn't like, it wasn't like just a friendly, you know, po- uh, pointers or whatever. She would tell me what to do, and I would get offended, and I would begin to criticize her that she didn't love me, and all kinds, we would, we would end up in a full-blown fight, you know, sometimes yelling and all kinds of crazy stuff, and uh, I don't know about, I, it probably doesn't happen like that anymore between teens and parents that they would ever argue, I, I don't know if they ever do, but, but uh, when you're arguing, it, a temptation is there to judge or to be critical, okay? Be, to criticize or get that, criti- that, that critical spirit. You know, in the old days, it used to be that parents didn't know anything. When I was younger, parents didn't know, right? So it was easy for me as a teenager to recognize my mom didn't know anything. Nowadays, parents do know a lot. So we, young people don't have that same argument. Of course, I'm joking. So, so what, what happens is, is this message is, is so practical because it's, it happens in families, right? This spirit of judgment, when we talk about it, it's not somewhere else. It's, it's right in our own relationships. It's in our families. It's in our marriages. It's in our work relationships. It's in school relationships. And God wants to help us uh, through this. So this is what was happening uh, when I was a young guy and I was learning to drive. And I just want to say to you, young people, you know, when we release judgment, <laughs> you know what we're inviting? That boomerang, we're inviting judgment back to ourselves, right? You know, we don't want to judge our parents because we know that God is going to judge us. Parents, we don't want to judge our kids because we don't want God's judgment on us. We want to release forgiveness and understanding, right? So if you're stuck on that carousel of judgment in your family, I want to encourage you. Uh, maybe it's a little bit nervous right now if teenagers and parents are watching this together, that if you've had an argument, that you could release forgiveness and understanding to one another. So, so what my mom would say to me at the end of our fights often is she would make the statement, it's never right to be dead right right? It's never right to be dead right. You're saying, what are you talking about? Well, thinking you're always right is going to one day put you in the wrong, right? So sometimes when you're driving, you could think, I have the right to do this because it's the right thing to do, but sometimes doing the right thing will put you in the wrong place. And so one day I was driving, we're driving on Main Street in Moose Jaw, and uh, four lane street, so two lanes going one way, two going the other. And we're driving up, cars parked on the side, and a truck was stopped in the right lane. And I grumbled to myself, 
What an idiot that guy was stopped in the middle of the road. And I was going to go by on the left. And you know what happened? Some children ran out. You know what? It's never right to be dead right. And I slammed on the brakes and praised God for his graciousness. I didn't hit those kids that day, but the lesson was learned. It's never right to be dead right. It was a defining moment for me. You know, the devil likes to invite us to be dead right, to believe his truth. And the devil's truth sounds right, but it's never right. We see on social media today. We see it in the news. We see it at school. We see it at work that someone will pass the judgment. And it seems like they're right. They, they're right to pass the judgment. But sometimes when we pass the judgment, I want to just say to you, it's never right to be dead right. It's never right. You know, the devil's truth is never right. The goal to pass in that kind of judgment is to bring destruction, is to destroy people, is to destroy their potential, is to destroy what God might want to do in their lives. You know, the devil will invite you to judge other people. He'll invite you to judge your family. He will invite you to judge your co-workers. He will invite you to judge other believers. He invites us in a way that we think we're right to do it. Jesus tells us something very important about being dead right and about judging others in Matthew 7 verse 1. He says this, don't judge others and God will not judge you. What a great promise, eh? Don't judge others and God will not judge you. See, Jesus shines a light on the devil's truth that judging can look right, but it's never right. What's the reason? Why, why aren't we to judge? Well, because judging is God's responsibility. God is the only judge. God is the only judge. Romans 12 verse 19 says, In the scriptures, the Lord says, this is what God says, I am the one who punishes. I will pay people back. God is saying, I am the judge. I am God and you are not. That's what he's saying. You know, when you and I judge, we enter into a tug of war with God. A tug of war is a rope, two teams pulling on the rope, and God is one team, and we're on the other. So you want to get into a tug of war with God, I'm going to tell you what. God is much stronger than you. You know, when I was young in Saskatchewan, we used to get into tug of wars. It used to be a cool activity. We'd have a couple of teams and in the middle, we would always dig a mud pit. You know, we'd dig the dirt up and we'd pour water. We'd get it just sticky and gooey and gross, you know. And the two teams would be pulling each other. We wanted to take each other's territory. We wanted to pull each other and, and, and be the team that won. And you know what happened is one team always ended up in the mud. And when you enter into a tug of war with God and you enter into judging, you're entering into God's territory. And with God, when we enter into a tug of war with him, I'm going to tell you, we're going to end up in the mud. And, you know, we can talk ourselves into believing we're right to judge, that we have the right, if I, I, I'm right, but it's God's responsibility to judge. It's his role. You know, some might argue, well, we're to imitate God. We're to imitate God's character. And I agree with you. We know it pleases God when we imitate 
his holiness. It pleases God when we imitate his love. It pleases God when we imitate his mercy. And I'm encouraging you these days, let's shine at that. Let's shine at imitating God in love and mercy and generosity and kindness to people. But when it comes to God's role, God's responsibility, we're not to imitate him. We're to rest. And to rest, what I'm saying is we're to trust him. You might ask, how do I know if I'm trusting God? Well, here's an indicator. Think about and look at your prayer life. How much time are you spending praying to God to help you? How much time are you spending to God to come and work on your behalf? How much time are you spending to God to work in that person's life that's been irritating you, that you've been struggling with, that you've been going around the mountain with? Because that would indicate how much you're trusting God to be the judge, to be the one who's going to deal with that person and change your heart. But doesn't God ask us to judge sometimes? (laughs) I know we're all looking for a loophole when it comes to judging. So I'm just talking about this really briefly. Well, God does give us the responsibility of judging between what is right and what is wrong to determine how we will live, right? So, for instance, parents, we will judge what is best for our kids, (laughs) We'll judge what the best school is for them. We'll judge what the best food is for them. We'll judge what our kids' clothing is going to be, what time they're going to spend on social media, etc. We're to judge that. Church leaders, we're to judge what actions would harm the church, Uh, what sort of things would go on that are going to bring division or bring hurt to the church or uh, bring... uh, Um, down the name of Jesus. Civic leaders, our government leaders, are to judge for the sake of the community. And we see that happening in our world right now, that our leaders are making judgments about what is best for our communities. The boomerang effect of being judgmental that Jesus warned us about refers to a critical spirit, and I referred to that earlier. Thinking we know a person's intentions, we know what's in a person's heart, etc. Thinking that I will always be the fair judge, and I will always know uh, what's going on in their heart. You know what? The Bible says our hearts deceive us. <laughs> we don't always know. There's only one that knows what's in the heart. And that is God. And that's why God says that we're to leave judging to him. A critical spirit is an attitude of fault finding, which seeks to tear others down rather than build them up. And we see that happening uh, in the world today. We see people tearing people down, looking for things. We can judge people. Uh, and um, I'm not going to get into that because I think you can all think of things that you see going on in the news right now, how people are tearing people down. Critical spirit that's going to bring judgment upon ourselves. It's going to keep us in that pattern of revolving on the baggage carousel. You see, we tend to judge ourselves by our intentions. We think about, well, that's what, what I intended to do when I said that or did that is this, but we judge others by their actions, what we see on the outside. And this is the reason that God, it's God's role, because he knows 
what's going on in our hearts. So I want to give you today three reasons uh, why we're smart to stop criticizing. And then I want to give you three things that will break this cycle of a critical spirit in us, okay? So let's just start with the three things, the reasons you'd be smart to stop criticizing. I'm taking this from Malachi chapter 3 and verse 16, where the verse will be up on the screen there. When those who feared the Lord talked with each other, the Lord listened and he heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. And so I want to take three reasons why we'd be smart to stop criticizing from this verse. Number one, that God is listening. You know, we can fool ourselves that when we're being critical, that it's just between us and them right? We're just throwing an arrow, (laughs) a spear, or shooting a fiery dart at that person, and only between me and them. But you know what? God is listening. He's listening. He hears what's going on in your heart. He hears the words you're speaking. He hears your thoughts. We are not alone, right? God is aware. Number two, he knows the truth about you and I. He knows who we are, right? We might be living just fantastically right now, but what were we doing last week or two weeks ago or a year ago that God knows about, right? He knows the truth about us. So when we're we're letting go of a criticism, when we're letting go of a judgment, God is well aware. He's well aware of everything we've ever done, right? Number three, He's ruthlessly fair. <laughs> we have a fair God. He's very fair. And we, we, we ask for God to be fair. And so when we think about being critical and judgmental, I want to encourage you that what, what we have asked for people to be judged for, we might just be inviting that same judgment on ourselves because God is fair. He judges the way that you judge others. And thankfully, the opposite is also true of God. God's mercy is extended to us the way we extend mercy. I want to just leave you with this thought. Nothing is hidden from God's sight. Nothing. You you might have forgotten about it. You know, water might have been under the bridge with that. But God knows. (laughs) He knows. Let's not get tricked by the devil into thinking that judgment is something that God wants us to do. Nothing is hidden from God's sight. So I want to give you today three things that will break the cycle of a critical spirit in us. Okay? So number one, these are going to be good. These are going to set you free. I'm believing you're going to say, thank you, Pastor Greg. Uh, You're going to send me a text or an email and say, man, I just feel so good about that, that I can finally get free of that thing I've been going around the circle on with my wife or going around the circle on with my kids or with my boss or whatever, and just stop the blaming and step off the treadmill. So here we go. Three things that will break the cycle. Number one, recognize who you are. Recognize who you are. So in our text today, Matthew chapter 7, uh, I want to encourage you as well. This week, we're going to be meeting as connect groups 
online as well. So your connect group leaders are going to be inviting you. If you're in a connect group, if you're not in a connect group, you can still jump in, find them on the website and still jump in. And they're meeting online uh, over the Zoom. And we're going to be studying a little bit more from Matthew chapter 7. So this, this verse is Matthew chapter 7 verse 3. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? What a great picture Jesus used. I just love, I just love how he teaches. Just imagine walking around with a big plank sticking out of your eye. <laughs> and he just, he just has a way of communicating truth. You know, the, the toughest thing he's saying, the toughest thing is to see our own weaknesses. <laughs> we got a big plank and blocking the view. We can't even, we, we, one of the reasons we have a critical spirit is because we don't recognize who we are. We're walking around with a big board blocking the view. <laughs> this is one of the reasons why criticism hurts us so much. You know why? Because when someone criticizes us, there's an element of truth in it. We didn't maybe notice it because the board was blocking the view. But when someone says it, it's like, oh, ouch. <laughs> because there's an element of truth in what they're saying. Because we've lost sight of our own weaknesses and failures. And this is why it's so important to get off the treadmill. We have to recognize who we really are. You know, the Apostle Paul, one of the greatest leaders of the New Testament church, he wrote, some of the New Testament books of the Bible. In 1 Timothy, he said to, Timothy was his, one of his young apprentices, one of the guys he was training in ministry. And we're going to look at what he actually said to Timothy to encourage him. 1 Timothy 1 verse 5. He said, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Of whom I am the worst. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? The greatest leader of the New Testament church. And what does he say? I recognize who I am. I am so in need of Jesus. I am so in need of his forgiveness and his salvation. I, of everybody, am desperate for him. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Holy Spirit, Thank you that you've come, not to condemn us, but to show us our desperate need for Jesus. Maybe you're watching today, and you're just thinking, oh, I just think of things that I got in my life. I've even just maybe put out of my mind when I've just stopped thinking about them because they're just so awful. The Holy Spirit just reminding you, not to condemn you, but to show you and I how much we need Jesus. How much Jesus wants to help us to break the cycle of a critical spirit in our lives. You know, I remember when I was in college, I had a teacher. And for some reason, the kids in my, the students in my class had decided this guy was somebody we should criticize. And, and I don't really remember being that critical personally, but... But there was definitely, it was a bad attitude. And, and I came under conviction from the Holy Spirit for having this kind of judgmental, critical spirit. And so I remember one day after class, I stayed back. And I said to this man, I need to ask for your forgiveness. 
because I recognized something in myself that was wrong. I was being critical. I was being judgmental. And when I did that, you know what happened? He forgave me. <laughs> it was amazing. He just, he just right away said, you know what, Greg? Thank you for coming to me. Thank you for opening your heart up like that. And I want you to know I received that apology and I'm forgiving you. And you know what? We started a great relationship, a great friendship. And I have many, many memories and things in my mind where that man helped me in my own life, in my own, even I think of his teaching sometimes while I'm preparing messages, things that he's released to me through the Holy Spirit in the past. And I just want to say, when someone comes to you and says, I need you to forgive me, I want, to, I want you to just follow this man's example. He didn't say, oh, I didn't know you were doing that, so don't worry about it. Just forget about it. It didn't hurt nobody. He did not minimize my need to be forgiven. So when someone comes to you and says, will you forgive me? Don't minimize their need to be forgiven. The Holy Spirit is convicting their hearts. But release forgiveness to them. Let them know that God forgives them and that you forgive them. And you know what will happen? You will break the spirit of a critical spirit out, out of their lives. You'll help them off the treadmill. You'll release them from God's judgment on their lives. So the second thing, number two, we're, we've got two more to go. Pray for the person who hurt you. Pray for the person who hurt you. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, so I'm not going to talk about this one too long. But Luke chapter 6, verse 27 and 28, Jesus gave the formula, how do we uh, release forgiveness? How do we break the critical spirit? Well, we begin to pray for the person who hurt us. He said it this way, love your enemies. Pray for them. Do good to them and bless them. Those are the three things he said. Pray for them, do good to them, and bless them. You know what you do when you start to do that? You start to break yourself free from the critical spirit. You get off the treadmill. You know, forgiveness, we've got in our minds that it's just an event. It's just, I'm going to just say, I forgive you, and then it's going to be all over. But that's not how it works. That's not how Jesus described it to us. He said, daily, I want you to pray for them. I want you to think of things that you can do that are good to them. I want you to speak blessing over them. Forgiveness is not an event. It's a process. And you will find yourself walking into the freedom of forgiveness and getting broken free from a critical spirit. Forgiving someone is a supernatural act. And you're going to have to have God at work in you. It's a supernatural act. And, you know, God's going to begin to work in you, and it's going to begin to happen. And we're just going to pray that that happens today. Uh, before you go, if you need to forgive someone, we're going to invite you to enter into a time of prayer with one of our prayer leaders. You know, forgiveness uh, releases a gift that that person doesn't deserve. But it also releases a gift to us that we don't deserve. <laughs> we also are released from a critical spirit from that time on the treadmill. And I want to just encourage you that it's going to have a powerful effect on that person, and it's going to have a powerful effect on you. 
You know, one time uh, I was helping a man uh, who needed some mercy. He needed some kindness. He needed, I can't remember exactly what he needed, but I think he needed some groceries. And, and uh, I think I was even helping maybe buy a birthday present for his son. He didn't have money to buy a birthday present for his son. And so I was trying to work on that. He was in my office. After he left, I realized he stole my computer. Stole my, it was a handheld computer. This was years ago. So don't be trying to think you know who it is. You don't know who it is. And uh, he stole it from my office. And I remember inside, I was so angry. I was mad at that guy. Here, I'm helping this guy. I'm doing stuff to be kind to him. And then he steals from me. And I was unhappy. I was angry. I didn't think happy thoughts about that guy. But I, at the same time, began to pray that God would work in his life. I did not see him for a long time. And uh, he actually started to come to church And uh, he didn't say anything to me about it. And I had kind of forgotten about it, to be honest. It was quite a few years later. Some years had passed, maybe five years. And and then it it did start to trouble me again. So one day he came to my office. And he said, Greg, I need to ask you to forgive me. (laughs) I was glad he said that. (laughs) And he offered to pay me back. And, And I told him, you know what? Go give a gift at the at the Connect Center and, and just be generous to God. You know, give a gift. And, and he paid and he paid back. And uh, you know what happened as I for, released forgiveness to him? We were both released. And you know what? Now we're friends and we see each other on the street. We're, we smile when we see each other. We encourage each other and we're friends. In fact, he came to visit me a number of months ago and spoke a blessing over my life. What happens when uh, we pray for the people who hurt us? <laughs> Miracles can happen, right? I want to encourage you. Let's not get caught into the devil's thinking that we're right to judge. And then the third thing, choose mercy. Choose mercy. Jesus said it this way. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive Mercy. (laughs) You're sitting on your couch. I think you probably know that one. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. I heard somebody watching uh, Gateway Church live in their car last week. Uh, People at the airport were watching. Wherever you are watching, you know, the Holy Spirit can be at work in your life. He could be helping you off the treadmill today. You know, when we choose to extend mercy, we're putting ourselves on the receiving end of mercy. When we choose to release mercy, we receive mercy. Isn't that a great promise from Jesus? You can stop the cycle of a critical spirit of judgment. How? By extending mercy. By extending mercy, you invite mercy into your life. Titus chapter 3 verse 5. This is what, what uh, was written. He said, Jesus saved us. I think the verse is up on your screen there. Jesus saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. (laughs) Aren't you glad that Jesus extended mercy to you? Just think about that. Just think about that alone. That Jesus was merciful to you when you didn't deserve mercy. A critical spirit invites judgment on us from God. Extending mercy invites God's mercy on us. Have you been caught on the carousel? Maybe you've been hurt. 
maybe someone has stolen from you, offended you in some way. I'm not making light of that at all. These are real things. We've gotten critical and judgmental because of it, though. And the devil's convinced us that it's right. But now today, we have a choice that Jesus is offering us an opportunity to step off the carousel, to end the nonsense, end the hurt, end the, end the, the pain that we're living in, the, the going around the mountain for the thousandth time, the fighting about the same thing with your spouse, having an argument with your kids, getting fired from your job and looking for another job because that boss was an idiot too. We can stop the nonsense right now. How? We can choose mercy. Choose to give mercy. You know, not everybody's perfect. They're not perfect. People are not, people are going to be selfish. People are going to sin. People are going to be hurtful. But we have a choice of what we're going to extend. And I want to encourage you to choose mercy. Choose it. Just choose to be merciful. Why? Why would you choose to be merciful? Because it's going to release you. It's going to release you from that cycle that you're in. It's going to set you free. You're going to find you're joyful again. You're going to find freedom in your life. You're going to find that God's mercy is being extended to you. And there's going to be joy in your heart again. I'm just going to invite you right now. You've been listening to me. And the Holy Spirit has been working in your life. You, you might not even know what it is. You're just like, holy smokes, that pastor, he's saying things that I'm going through right now. I can't believe he knows what I've been going through. You know, maybe you've never experienced forgiveness. <laughs> and I want, to get, I want to give you an opportunity right now to experience the ultimate forgiveness. And it's the forgiveness we receive from Jesus. You know, the Bible says, forgive because Christ Jesus has forgiven you. You've never been forgiven. I, I want to just give you a an opportunity to receive forgiveness right now. I'm just going to invite you just to close your eyes and pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, thank you that you offer forgiveness to me. Despite what I've done, the, some of the things I've done, Lord, oh, just I don't even want to mention them out loud. But I'm asking you, God, would you be gracious to me? Would you be merciful to me? Would you forgive me. Take away my sin, God. Wipe it out of my life. I just repent for what I've done. I, I say, I'm sorry, God. And I ask you to release me from this treadmill that I've been on. <laughs> Set me free, God. I just receive your forgiveness. I receive new life from you, Jesus. I receive hope. <laughs> and freedom from you. Not just to be forgiven, but to be a person who releases forgiveness. Thank you, Lord. I receive this gift right now in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. I'm just going to encourage you, click the button that you see right below your screen that says, I gave my life to Christ. Uh, just give just give that a click. Get, put your hand up and say, that was me. I prayed that prayer today. I asked Jesus to forgive me. And then second, before I let you go today, I want to give you a chance to get off the carousel. I want to give you a chance to end the critical spirit in your life, the grip that it has on your heart, the grip that it has on your thoughts. And I would just like to ask you to thank God for his forgiveness. Just say it out loud right now. Thank you, God, for your forgiveness. Thank you that you have forgiven me. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. I pray you'd put a new spirit in me of forgiveness. And Lord, I pray that you would help me as I'm making a decision to pray for my enemies. I'm making a decision to pray every day for that person who's hurt me. And I pray that you would release me from this unforgiving spirit that I have towards this person in Jesus' name. And Lord, today I choose to show mercy because I know as I show mercy, you're going to show me mercy. And so Lord, I pray you'd release me as I make these steps from having this critical spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask if you prayed that prayer and you have a heart that you're just really desperate for some help from God, I'm going to ask you, would you just ask for someone to pray for you in the chat today? Just ask for one of them, team members. Would you pray for me? Would you say a prayer for me? And they would love to do that. I'm going to ask Pastor Kimmy to come and she's going to dismiss us today.